Chapter 2 Helen Lester by Pansy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Halper, Summit, New Jersey. Helen Lester by Pansy. Chapter 2 Brother Cleveland. Whether it was because Helen went to sleep so very early the night before, or because she still remembered the broken resolutions, or whatever was the reason, she certainly was wide awake the next morning, long before the first bell rang. She lay still a few moments, thinking over that miserable yesterday, until she remembered her brother Cleveland and the one little glimpse she had of him. Then she suddenly bounded up. She was very soon dressed, and gathering her books, she went down to the piazza to study. Nobody is up yet, of course, she said to herself. They will be later than usual this morning, I suppose. Ah, here's my Bible among my school books. I'll just learn a verse this very minute, and see if I'll make such a dunce of myself as I did yesterday. And she was busily turning over the leaves when two hands were laid over her eyes. Why? she exclaimed, in wonder and a little vexation. Fred, is that you? Take your hands away. What in the world are you up for? But the figure bent over, and again she felt that loving kiss, and her brother Cleveland sat down beside her. You are not going to run from me this time, are you, my little Nellie? What could have been the matter yesterday? Did I frighten you? But Helen's face was covered with blushes. She did not know what to say to this strange man. What have you here? he asked, glancing at her book, seeing he was to receive no answer to his other question. It's a Bible, said Helen quickly. In our school, we each say a verse every morning, and I'm looking for one. Let me give you one, Nellie. And he repeated, slowly and gravely, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Ah, Cornelia, he added, looking up as his sister appeared, dressed for riding. You are ready, I see. So are the horses. And as he spoke, he took Helen's Bible, and turning the leaves rapidly, returned it to her, pointing with his finger to the verse he had given her. Helen sat like one in a dream looking after her brother and sister as they rode down the avenue. That her brother Cleveland should know any Bible verses, that he should not laugh at her for learning a verse, and above all, that he should happen to give her just that one, seemed very wonderful. Helen had a happier day than the last one had been. She knew her lessons perfectly, that was some comfort. Yet, after all, she came home from school feeling sad, and if she had spoken just what she thought, you would have heard something like this. It is very hard, this trying to be good. Louise, or some of the girls, provoke me every ten minutes, and if I try ever so hard, I can't always get my lessons. And after all, that verse doesn't say a single word about being good. It just tells about loving Jesus and finding him. I don't know how to love Jesus, nor where to find him, and I've nobody to tell me. I wish I had. If I dared, oh, if I only dared, to ask Cleveland about it. But I don't believe he knows. 
He never used to go to church. To be sure he knew that verse, but I suppose all men know about the Bible. He is queer anyway, not a bit as I remember him. I wish I wasn't afraid of him. How funny for him to take Cornelia to ride. He never used to. And how very funny for her to get up early enough to ride with him. I mean to go downstairs early tomorrow morning. Perhaps he will be down. I wonder if he will give me another verse. And so, with her busy little brain full of many thoughts, Helen settled herself to her books and tried to study. I wonder, said Cornelia that evening, who will get the first ride after Cleveland's new horses? Has he new horses? asked Helen eagerly, turning from the window. Why, yes, said Louise, the most splendid horses you ever saw, and the darlingest little carriage, just large enough for two. I heard him tell John to bring them to the door at seven o'clock, and Mama, don't you suppose he is going to ask somebody to ride with him? Before Mrs. Lester could reply, the door opened and Cleveland entered. He had little Eddie by the hand, whose heart he had quite stolen, with the help of some rides on the horse's back and a few good high swings. There, Mama, said he, I have brought you your son. He has been honored with the first ride in the new carriage. And now, may I have one of your daughters for the second? I presume you can get some company without much trouble, said Mrs. Lester, smiling and glancing toward Cornelia. Then, little Nellie, will you be at the door in three minutes? Helen started with surprise and pleasure. Mama, may I? she asked doubtfully. Certainly, if Cleveland wants you. She ran eagerly away. To ride was always pleasant, but to ride in the evening, just the time that she was seldom allowed to go, was delightful. Such a pleasant ride as she had. Cleveland drove fast, and he went directly toward the city, and she liked above all things to see the city by gaslight. Then he talked so pleasantly, asked her about school and her studies and the girls and... But Helen suddenly stopped talking and looked wonderingly up at Cleveland. He was certainly reining in his horses before the great stone church where they went on the Sabbath. Seeing her look, he smiled and asked, Can't you show me the old church once more? There is a prayer meeting here tonight. Oh, said Helen, catching her breath. I haven't been in the conference room in a good many years. Haven't you? I never was in it, but I think we can find the way. And he lifted her out and stood her on the broad granite steps. How strangely Helen felt, following her brother into that room, where she used to go to Sabbath school. It was queer, she said to herself, that he should take her to a seat just opposite the one in which she used to sit. And there was her very own teacher in the seat. She was very quiet and sat with earnest eyes fixed on the minister. One verse which he read from the Bible she caught up and remembered. It was, And ye would not come unto me, that ye might have life. She knew the verse must mean Jesus. It was one of the verses that she said at school, but she did not understand it. How could she go to Jesus? She didn't know where to go. I'll listen, she said to herself, and perhaps Dr. Burton will tell us how. But no, Dr. Burton was talking to older and wiser heads. He said something about the duty of people accepting of the great atonement, and about Christ being a propitiation for our sins. But she didn't know in the least what he meant. Suddenly it seemed to her as if for a moment her very heart stopped beating. For there, standing beside her, was Cleveland, her brother Cleveland.
She peeped up at him. His hands were clasped, and he was, he certainly was praying. She listened eagerly. He prayed for her. Yes, he prayed that if there were any little ones looking for Jesus, he would help them to give their hearts to him. And Helen put both hands to her face to hide the tears. That's surely for me, she thought. I've been looking for Jesus all day, and I can't find him. Very quietly, Helen and her brother went out when that pleasant meeting was ended. He lifted her into the carriage, and, taking his seat beside her, drove rapidly and without speaking, until they had left the city behind them. Then he let the reins fall loosely, and, leaning back in the carriage, said, Well, why does not my little sister talk to me? I don't know, said Helen, trying to choke back her tears. Little Nellie, he said, drawing her close to his side and speaking in a very gentle, tender tone. Do you know I've been thinking about you a great deal for the last three or four years? Ever since I learned to love this Jesus, about whom you heard us talk tonight, I have remembered my little sister, how she used to go to Sabbath school, how she used to love to talk and sing of Jesus. And I think the longing to know whether she was loving him and trying to grow like him brought me home. He waited, but Helen did not speak. Did you say the verse I gave you this morning? Yes, sir. And have you found Jesus, Nellie? No, said Helen in a low, trembling voice. I don't know how. It is very simple, little sister. Jesus has promised to show you how, if you will love him. But I don't know how to love him. Did you ever tell him so? Helen looked up wonderingly. Did you ever kneel down and say, Dear Jesus, I want to love you, but I don't know how. Will you teach me? Did you ever pray such a prayer, Nellie? No, said Helen, but I've been trying to be good for two days, and I couldn't. I've never been so bad before. I think very likely, her brother answered quietly, then added, Nellie, you mustn't try to make yourself good. Nobody but Jesus can do that. If you love him, you will try to be good because it will please him. Oh, Nellie, I want you to be a Christian. I don't want you to grow up without loving this dear Savior who loves you so much. I want you to learn to pray, to learn to ask Jesus every day to take care of you, to help you to love him more than anybody else. You mustn't think it is a hard thing to become a Christian. It is no harder than to love your friends. Let me show you. I have been away from you a long time, and I presume you have almost forgotten me. But do you think it will be very hard to learn to love me? Helen answered promptly and heartily, I love you now. Well, and loving me, cannot you see that you will like to please me, and will be sorry to do what I do not like? Yes, said Helen again, very decidedly. Do you understand me then? when I tell you that being a Christian is loving Jesus and trying to do what he wants you to? And, oh, little sister, won't you pray to him to give you a heart to love him, this dear Savior, who has done more for you than I could if I were to live a thousand years? He has promised to help you if you ask him. Cleveland's voice was earnest and loving, and Helen, who had been trying very hard not to cry, could not help it now and sobbed as if her heart would break. They were just home, too, though they had come so very slowly. 
Would you like to go upstairs instead of to the drawing room? Her brother asked as he lifted her from the carriage. Oh, yes, if I may. Very well. I will excuse you to Mama. And Nellie, if you like, you may go to my room, and I will come to you for a few minutes. Helen ran upstairs, threw off her things in her own room, then crossed the hall to her brother's. Nobody was there, the only light was that of the beautiful moon, but it made the room very bright and pleasant. Presently she heard the swift, light step of her brother on the stairs. He came over to the sofa where she sat, and bending down said softly, Little Nellie, will you kneel down with me, and let me ask Jesus to help you love him? And kneeling beside her, he encircled her with his arm. Helen never forgot that prayer so gentle and loving and plain. It seemed to her for the first time that Jesus was really listening, that he knew she wanted to love him and would teach her how. And her brother asked that she might learn to come to Jesus, just as she would to her father or mother or brother, and tell him everything. When they arose, he bent over and kissed her lovingly, then turned and, without saying a word, left her alone. She heard him go downstairs and she felt that she was alone with God. She sat very still for a few moments, with a new strange feeling in her heart. Then she slid down and folded her hands. Dear Jesus, she said softly, I do believe I love you. Will you teach me how to love you more? The first words of real prayer Helen had ever prayed in her life. End of chapter 2 Recording by Nancy Halper, Summit, New Jersey